Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor David. We got Pastor Caesar. So meaningful. And we got James. (laughs) How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, you're doing good? Yeah, I'm having a good day. (laughs) I, uh... (laughs) What's going on, Caesar? No, I'm just waiting for the punchline, man. I'm just... No, I'm... That's it? I'm doing good? That's it? All right. (laughs) You had a pretty good week? Well, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, I had a good week. I had a good week, man. I'm telling you, we've been super, super busy in my company, and that's just always great for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah so oh, I recorded another song by that country band. Uh, <laughs> and it came out really good. It's oh, not like a I thought he was talking about, about the previous. What country. were we talking about earlier? No, because uh, no, no. remember I told you I did yeah, that. Like yeah, how's that working ago? out? Yeah, well, I did another one. This, yeah, that was this last week. Wasn't long ago. So you're gonna be able to do like most of their album? Is that what they're thinking? Well, they're trying to do an EP. Yeah. Uh, and he, I think he said they got like two more. What does an EP ready. stand for? Do you know that off the cuff? It's extended play. Extended play, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and LP's long, long play. play. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of stupid because it seems like extended play should be longer than the long play. Right. And is there a but rule of thumb that says this is an EP, this is an LP? Because I've seen so long much variance. Yeah, I mean, long, that was back. Uh, David could talk about this better. That was back in like the record. Right. How many minutes are we on? Here we are. That's the second shot today. So I go up here. I go up to the sound booth this morning. I'm like, "Hey, beautiful people, giving everybody compliments and everything." And he goes, "He asked me how I was doing. I said I'm a little tired. You know, stayed up too late." He goes, "Oh, stayed up too late. What? Eight (laughs) thirty? Said it exactly like that." And Miss Blotch was just like, dang, low blow. Oh, man. Oh, hey, I'm sorry about that. That wasn't even supposed to be an insult, this one. This was a genuine, like, David probably used You could talk record. better about that. This is old stuff. Well, you know, I think the thing is why all of us just can talk to each other is because we all have, like... It's like we sound sarcastic when we're not being sarcastic. You know what I mean? Oh <laughs> it's like, are you being sarcastic right now? No, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I was complimenting your knowledge. Right. So to get back what he was talking about. So if y'all remembered records, you only can fit a certain amount of songs on a record. Mm. Right. So depending on what size of the record, if it was a 45 or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and then how fast the record speed spins on your record player. Yeah. I'm feeling old right now. <laughs> lean into it. Yeah, just yeah, lean yeah. into it. Uh, so, an ex- you know, extended player, long play. I think there was actually a switch on the older record players that was extended player, long play. Yeah. And I, I think you that's could, where... Because you could change the speed. Right. Like we have... I have one. It's not like an old one. Uh, but yeah, you know, you can pick the speed. Right. Because you have to, because if you play at the wrong speed, then it's either like really high pitched or really low. I like yeah, all the conspiracy, know. the theories that are on that, like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. If you play this backwards, you hear Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why extended play was the name for the shorter. I think, I guess, like compared to a single, it was extended. Yeah. And then Maybe long was, play. I think like extended play was like five songs or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, yeah, anything like over that's going to really be. Then it's a long play. Well, I'm oh. sure uh, we have very 
educated listeners, so I'm sure they'll send us a text throughout the week or yep. something like that. Hit us so, up, let us know. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, we have uh, we have some cool statistics over here to share real quick. Uh, uh, PD, that's your new name. Um, <laughs> we are nine downloads away from the the. 3,000 downloads. 3,000. 3, we want to thank all you guys from out there for Flex downloading. I was going to hit the clap thing, but the, the labels are gone. Oh, flip it over. Flip it, it over. We just hit one. Let's see what oh, comes out. Are. Yeah, I know. We want to thank, thank all of our moms for downloading over there, and over and over again. That's for all the moms out there. Yeah, for the moms. But, but not Debbie, because apparently she's not listening. No. <laughs> she can't figure it out. She Ray, told James. Ryan, she, she we did. ask you, help your mom out. Help your mom. Yeah, help your mom. I don't know. That was a conversation that, that happened like three weeks ago. So maybe she figured it out. No? Maybe. Yeah, probably not. Shout out uh, Debbie. Because she's older than I am. So the square up. <laughs> why, why you hating? <laughs> hating hard right now. <laughs> hey, I got to get, get, get somebody. Like, dang. Hey, but my mom's fit, man. Yeah, she's she is. She's fit. She's, she's better than I am. She's always doing it. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, she's good, man. Yeah, yeah. you know, Miss Debbie, she's the goat. She's the greatest of all time. Oh, man, um, your we, mom's the sweetest person in the we, world. The greatest we, of all time when it comes to home exercise DVDs. Oh, yeah, yeah. she has all of oh, them? Yeah, she's the one that's She has the Pilates the and the Fondas, yoga. Oh, and let me tell you, let me tell you, we, we have, a, we have a, an annual lock-in coming up uh, over there in a church in Centerville, right? Mm-hmm. And we're looking for drivers and stuff. And your mom, you know, she's used to driving gigantic vehicles and stuff so we were just kind of like be up past like 8 30 we don't need her to stay up but uh we reached out to her and we asked her if she can drive a van full of 14 kids and she was over the moon Uh about it so we are i just i love your mom's heart man Yeah, yeah. yeah she's so sweet man so so sweet anyways yeah so how'd your week go man let me tell you So I got my vaccine, uh, my first one. I got Pfizer. Did you get the Trump one or the Biden one? Uh, I got the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, wh- which one is not going to get me hated on the most? That's what I want to know. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be canceled. Um, but yeah, no. I ended up getting it. I know there's a big controversy, and there's you know there's some that believe it's just a ta- another tactic from the government and all that. You know what? It's, it's a hard drive, bro. Now you're connected to the internet forever. Like every time you go buy a Wi-Fi, you're you're going to be getting this little and then like sign on. Yeah, because. Uh, because President Biden really wants to know how many hot pickles I buy. <laughs> this is the 14th taco this week. 14 tacos? He's an enemy of the state. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, so, you know. Hot pickles? <laughs> He's going around getting pickles. those red hot pickles. I'll tell you what. Right before when I got my cup of coffee. Oh, I got you a cup of coffee in the other room and I forgot to bring it to man, you. Man, well, I'll put it in here whenever I go. Um, it... I picked one up. Anyway, this this conversation is not about pickles. Okay, so <laughs> I got the shot. This is my first of two, Pfizer, and uh, and uh, I got it on Friday, and um, so all day Saturday, it really kicked in for me. Yeah, there's some people that they don't feel a thing. It's mostly the second the second shot is when everybody's having their issues. That's what they say, yeah. you know. So I was going in into it, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, let's get this over with." But anyway, so you walk through that process. You have to wait. It's a quick shot. I didn't even feel them, you know, do that. That it felt like nothing. But then uh, later on that night, you start getting that swelling and that pain. It feels like you're, yeah, yeah it's just crazy. But I was looking at some symptoms here, and this is exactly what I had. It was uh, uh, pain, redness, swelling, 
tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, fever, and nausea. Mm. So I had... That sounds like I just ate Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) Swelling. That's how I feel whenever I talk about lubies. Uh, um, but, you know, it's, uh, I know I, I had all that, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I was incapacitated for probably about four hours, man, like really just out. I could not do anything. I had a horrible Saturday. Um, yeah, but then I woke up Sunday, ready to go. World's difference. And, uh, yeah, man, but, you know, I think it's something that we need to look into getting, uh, especially if we care about people but i know that's that's another conversation so real real quick i don't uh, we don't want to like spend a lot of time on this but what like kind of made your final decision because i don't know part of, there's a lot of people out there thinking about it and they don't know if they should do it there's a lot of propaganda different things that's yeah. going on about it but then in the day we do it for chicken pox or whatever for the I mean, common cold the, for the common yeah. cold and you know if, and, if there wasn't a, a vaccine for the common cold and everybody gets flu shots now but if there wasn't some for that it'd be just as deadly as this thing so yeah. you know so what what pushed you over the edge to say you know I want to go ahead and do it I, I think that I just I'm I am around a lot of people yeah. more so than normal people you know mm-hmm. I, I uh, just on a week's in a week's time frame, hundreds of people, just hundreds, especially Sunday, right? I mean, right. We're, we're 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 moving around a lot, so um, I think that's what was the biggest motivating factor. I I, I don't. I, okay, so this is this is a big conversation because you know I'm also in uh, in the the line of I'm a minister. You know, so you get this one side of people that now it's a whole question of faith on whether or not you get this or not. And then the other side, you got, you know, you got people yelling at you saying that you're just uh, you're just being a lamb, being fed to the slaughter and then don't fall into, you know, all these propaganda things and all that. But, you know, I figure, you know what, if uh, if this is poisonous, if this is whatever, you know what, if God wants me gone, he's going to want me gone one way or another. It's a question on the sovereignty of God. And uh, but then you got other people that are apparently theologians now, you know, even though they you know, I'm not going to get on that because we're going to get nice. I want to make sure we hit that 3000 mark. So I'm not going to I'm not I'll talk about you later. You know, what you (laughs) no, but that's what it is. Yeah. Just the responsibility that you feel towards uh, the, the people that you're around, you're around a bunch of youth and you know youth move around a lot they see a lot of people they mm-hmm. see you and then you have you know you know you're face to face to a lot of people praying and, and ministering to people so you know i think that's something we have to really think about as as leaders you know is the responsibility of of our health yeah so, yeah and then you get those stories of like these old churches in west texas and stuff like that when they have these snake charming services where if the snake bites you and you die and then they have they put your p- picture on the wall and there's like these are the people that had no faith yeah. you know because they died of snake venom in their veins and stuff so you know i don't think we're there and we don't have to be there it's it's like yeah god god gave us a brain so let's use it um, so you don't want to be there. Yeah, so no. you're, you're anti playing with snakes. Yeah, I'm yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm anti rattlesnakes. Yes, I am. Sorry. Yeah. Just to clarify, yeah. anti snake venom. In <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're almost there anyway. So let's just drop right into culture corner. Should I go? Should I go? Should, should I go? go? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fully vaccinated and ready to flow. <laughs> <laughs> just- <laughs> 
just let it go. COVID nineteen in my brain. Oh, brain. oh wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, you're not fully vaccinated, right? Because you no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, next week. <laughs> twenty more days. 20, yeah, you get twenty one days. Whenever I grow the extra tentacle. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> so we're jump right into culture corner. James, what you got for us? You got some interesting news that we were talking about. I do. Yeah, so we were talking about, uh, I'm sure a lot of you have probably heard about this already. Um, it's not real. it's news that there's gonna be news, so it's kind of not- It's coming. <laughs> it's not really news yet, <laughs> but the news is, the news is coming about, uh, so the Pentagon is scheduled to release um, a UFO, what do they call it? I don't remember what they call the document, but they're supposed to- uh, release everything they know about UFOs on June 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was actually part of the stimulus package that Trump signed back in December. Um, that was one of those random things that didn't seem to be related to COVID that was in the COVID bills. And uh, so, yeah, in there they had, he gave them 180 days to like brief the country, to come up with a uh, like a presentation to brief the country on everything we know about these UFOs. Although they don't call them UFOs anymore, they call them a uh, U. What is it? Unidentified UAV. UA, unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, yeah. yeah, UAPs. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember, but I don't. They just changed it. They're just trying to make themselves not seem crazy because they've attached crazy to UFO for decades now. This is what it is. So <laughs> tell tell us. This is what happened. See, a lot of the older. Aliens are dying off, and it's these millennial aliens that are offended by the UFO. <laughs> that right? could be it, yeah. It's not the proper uh, pronoun for uh-huh. them. Yeah. Cancel culture. So they want the proper Aerial pronoun. Phenomena. Aerial phenomena. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That so good. we got to make sure that we, you know, everybody's treated the same. Proper pronouns. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so I'm sure you guys have heard uh, about, you know, they keep releasing every couple weeks for the last few months, they release some new thing confirming. Hmm some other Navy video that was released. And so these are all like different videos that were captured by, uh, uh, most of them are by the Navy. Um, but they're all like from military people that captured stuff on video, on radars, on all their different, um, tracking, uh, technology stuff. Yeah. And, uh, that's been going on for a long time. And so they keep like releasing, Oh, like every few weeks, it seems like they put up a new video. They're like, "Yeah, this is something that happened," and uh, we don't really know what it is yet. You know, there's so many people that put stock in that, right? If yeah. if extraterrestrials exist, that proves that the Bible's fake. I'm like, I, I don't know how you arrive there, but okay, you know, it's like let's go there. It's like you look at something when you start talking about like the angelic host, right? Because you can't just say angels now, because angels means a whole lot of different things. People get into that conversation whenever, yeah, 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 right? <laughs> it's like, well, angels mean angels means they. It means messengers. It means this. It means that. Okay, but let's, but let's use the proper terms for them to when we're talking about celestial bodies, okay? And, mm-hmm. that, and that's angelic celestial hosts, okay? They are not of this world. Extraterrestrial mean t- Terran, Terra, ground. It, they're not from here. Mm-hmm. So a angelic host, by definition... Is an extraterrestrial just mm-hmm. saying so mm-hmm. it's like it's like the bible you know it's it, it was written by you know you know how they get people yeah, get yeah, into yeah. those conversations mm-hmm. i'm like that that if aliens exist that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything i think they have another bible the, yeah. the aliens yeah i think like you know if god created them too they got their own bible yeah 
if that, that just well, that's a long conversation because yeah. you know it, it, whatever whatever exists out there if there exists out there but whatever exists out there all i know is that jesus came in the form of a human and yeah. in him right the fullness of god is found but who says he didn't come in the form of an alien and in some other galaxy somewhere all I know is that humanity is the apex of his creation. I agree with that. Because he said it. And we are more favored than any other creation that he's ever made. I'm just made. trying to stir stuff so, up. That's all I'm trying to do. So <laughs> these aliens, whether, whether they exist or not, they, they have to, you know, they're going to always play second fiddle to humanity. So, yeah. booyah. But, so the whole, uh, the perspective from the Pentagon, uh, that's our national, that's like our defense area you know they're in charge of making sure the united states of america is secure and so um there's been talk about all these videos being like a chinese drone or a russian whatever and so regardless of what they are they're just acknowledging that there is some kind of craft out there we don't know what it is where it's from and it's doing some crazy stuff that we can't do right now and so they're going to talk to us about it Hmm. Supposedly, they're coming up with some kind of brief. That's interesting because when all this was going down, when uh, President Trump was in office, they talked him off the ledge because he was about to come out with all of this stuff. So it sounds like he's like, okay, I won't say it, but I'm going to give you 180 Mm -hmm. days and we're going to do this stimulus package, which Mm -hmm. I have a huge problem with. Like, this is the type of stuff that's holding. If you believe or not believe in the stimulus package or whatever it may be, but if if this is what the government believes this is going to help the country in the time of a pandemic, mm-hmm. why are we talking about aliens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get to the need, get the need where the need where it's needed. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need aliens right now. We need to help the people that are losing their jobs that that actually need this money. And I te- kind of take offense. I enjoyed the money. Sure. But I took offense for you even giving me money. Mm-hmm. I, I've never lost one day of my job. Mm-hmm. I didn't need it. Yeah. Why am I getting the money? Mm-hmm. You were out of work. You were out of work. I yeah. I understand that. And I even felt bad taking the money. Like, you know, not bad because I definitely I, I used it. I mean, I didn't send it back. No. <laughs> but, no. Give it to me if you don't but, know what to do with it. But I don't understand why there's so many people that got this that never. Yeah. Never lost anything. Well, I think the the problem with that was it's like incentivizing people. It's like giving people unemployment, and uh, if you're making more off unemployment than working, then like why would they go back to work? I think it's one of those kind of things. Yeah, but why? I just bought more cryptocurrency. (laughs) (laughs) Doge coin. They gave me some Doge. I got me a thousand Doge coins. don't have any cryptocurrency i'm just i'm just hoping on uh what's his name from tesla goes in there talk something good about on snl and it just mm-hmm. spikes to like a thousand dollars per coin and, <laughs> and then sell my, sell sell yeah then mm-hmm. i'm gonna cash my million dollars out and retire sure just don't forget your passwords to your computers <laughs> that one dude that one dude man anyways y'all watch out for them aliens they come and they hide under your bed hide your kids hide your wife they out here <laughs> Well, well, there it is. In order for you to protect yourself from these alien invaders. Is is this going to be a commercial? 
I felt like this was a, a, just we, a we league. We got a sponsor finally? Yeah. <laughs> it's on how to protect yourself from aliens? Right, for I thought real. this was like one of those like internet protection type deals. Take Alex Jones stuff. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's like, take this pill right now and you will protect yourself from alien invaders. Uh, no, but if you wanted to protect yourself from alien invaders, I might have a solution right here with our next story. All right. Check it out, the title. And it's all in the title. No a guy idea. builds a 250 50-foot oh, yeah. wall of feces between mm. him and his neighbor. Hmm. Aliens, we got you. 250-foot wall. 250-foot wall of feces. So, All right, now, when he says feet, are we talking, like, depth? Are we talking height? Are we talking length? I'm pretty sure that he had Chinese food. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know. It, it doesn't. Can't be it, it, it doesn't say how how tall it is, but it's yeah, two hundred two fifty. No, high. no, that's that's ridiculous. Just long, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but we're it, not mature enough to talk about this. But it call. But in order for it to be a fence, I think it has to be four foot tall. Something you know. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to call. You just can't like, step over it. You can't. Yeah, it's like. Uh, you know, you could step over a line of poop, you know, but you can't really step over a fence. You know See, what I mean? So the depth well, of it has well, been, well, it's probably like I five, thought we were to get three thousand downloads this month, <laughs> but I think I'm seeing the ticker go the opposite way. Does it have a picture on your? It does that? Oh, have hey, a, well, hang on, times out. I got questions. But let me finish the story, Matt. It might answer a question. Okay, so this is happening in Lottie Township, Michigan. So Florida, you're spared this week, right? But Lottie Township, Michigan, and it's with these two farmers that have been at war with each other over a property line. Uh, of course, they're farmers. So the farmer decided that's, just, that's only people that can get all this poop. <laughs> yeah, it's like where do you get all the poop from? <laughs> so, so the farmer decided that he was going to make it evident on where he thought the line was. So he built a two hundred and fifty foot wall of feces. Right. Mm-hmm. So the farmer he took the manure from his farm. Yeah. And he stacked it into a wall on the property line. And yeah, it's uh, and then he goes and he says, this is an interesting part. He says, it's not a poop wall. It's a compost fence, he said. (laughs) And because he did this, right, the uh, the city, the city uh, uh, ordinances, Uh the other guy can't complain about it because a compost fence is completely allowable. But a poop wall is not. He nailed it. I don't want no more questions. I think he's smart. It I sounds think, really stupid when you read the headline, but I think he's a smart guy. But there's ways around this. So right out of high school, I worked for this. Ways around the compost fence. <laughs> I worked for this company. It's called a land surveying company. Mm-hmm. And there's documentations when you buy. It's true. They put points in the ground where you can find this out. You don't have to go. What is the, the band name? Uh that had the that had the uh, album called Dookie. Oh, Green, Green Day. Day. You don't have to go Green Day, Yana. You know, I Brown mean, Day. like, call a land sur- surveyor, get you a land, you know, mark yeah, but it they, all the out. The problem is they don't, I, I don't know how I you guess enforce that's not how, it. That's not how they do it in Michigan. It's like, okay, so we on our house that we bought not that long ago, the fence that separates our backyard to one of our neighbor's backyard is technically encroaching on our property by like a foot. So we're short a foot along that fence line. And we had, because, you know, we had to get it surveyed on stuff. But in order to get the fence changed, like 
you have week, to you have to pay for it. Yeah, and it's yeah. Am I gonna do that? What about the next time that he does it? He takes another foot. See, that's the problem. And and there's a thing because I know the next time his he's going to just continue to add manure on his the other side, and he's just going to keep pushing Uh in. Because I know we were we (laughs) were smart guy. No, because we're like dealing with something at the church on this with that back part Mm -hmm. of that fence with the neighbor. Uh There's something in there. And at least where we are in the county, where it says that after a period of time, if if a neighbor puts a fence or a post or something like that, after a period of time, they will own that piece of land. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just us being nice. We don't even use that piece of land. They wanted to plant some plants. We let them plant the plant. Now 20, 30 years go by, and then... Oh, that's funny. If they wanted to, <laughs> they could do squatter rights or whatever, whatever they call it on it. I think a Shrek. <laughs> and the squatters. No? Wow. No Shrek fans? Wow. <laughs> that that, that number's going down and down. So anyway, yeah, the, the poop wall. So if uh, you and your neighbors are having a little spit spat, well, just put up a wall of you fill in the blank there. <laughs> wow. 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 I don't know where we're going to go from here. So we'll just go right into... I don't know. I'm kind of pooped out. You're t- <laughs> just where's the nurse? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't... I mean, I really just... I'm just... A little down in the dumps. Yeah. <laughs> Having a crappy day? Yeah. All right, little... check this song out. <laughs> check this song out. It's... I hope you'll find me. Oh, my gosh. Praising your name no matter what comes. I can't count the times I've called your name from broken night. And you showed up and patched me up like you. That's Crowder, good God almighty. Um, just watching this video, it's interesting. He has two microphones. Mm-hmm. So he's singing into two different microphones, almost a studio mic and then like a really like a live type microphone. Yeah. Uh, Probably routing some effects or something like that on the other one. What's yeah. The, let me see. It's pretty cool. Um, we're all like nerds. When but it this comes isn't out. like a live Oh, yeah. Video, look, right? here we go. So yeah, it's nice. It's nice. You know, one thing with Crowder, Crowder is, 
he's going to be in that same league as Chris Tomlin and Michael yeah. W. Smith. Like, no matter how old they get, Toby Mack, no matter yeah. how old they get, he's going to be making hits. And, yeah, he's – I like him. He, he's so – Unassuming, because if you've ever seen him before, he just looks like this geeky guy, long, long, uh, Duck Dynasty beard-looking kind of country dude, backwoods hillbilly kind of type, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's cranking out them hits. He does everything, and he reinvented himself when he went from the David Crowder band to just Crowder. I don't know what the story with that uh, was, but uh, kind of reinvented himself, and he's doing this now. And uh, if you ever heard a interview with him, he's just a good old boy. Real cool, down to earth type of guy. So, um, yeah, good good song. Go check it out. Good God Almighty. Mm-hmm. I just, I just real quick, real quick. Can we get a moment of silence? Sure. All right, that was for Luby's going out of business. <laughs> Even though you did. Man, good God almighty. Good God almighty. I want to thank the Lord for his faithfulness and how he hears prayers. All I know is... applause going on for a while. All I know... (laughs) Is that for them going out of business? Yes. This is going to be going for a while here, y'all. All I got to say is if more people would have took the shot... Earlier, <laughs> maybe we could have saved Luby's. Guys, Luby's is closing. Thank God. It's finally happening. It's it's the world is cleaning up a little bit, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's getting rid of some of its trash and I think that's a good thing. That's like starting like a recycle project or something, right? <laughs> no, just, no, Luby's is going. They're throwing it with one of those uh, those giant continents of trash floating out in the ocean. <laughs> Luby's is going out there. Okay, so stuff. I got to ask you this. So if, and nobody's going to pick it up. No. So if a if a Sonic goes out of business, you know, a taqueria will pop up in it. Yes. 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 Right. Yeah. Now all these lubies are going out of business. What do you think is going to pop up in an infamil distribution center? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, we we got to keep moving. <laughs> no, oh, we can stay here. We we, we, we are can. not getting any better in this podcast. One more podcast. time, lubies, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Infamils are sponsored this episode. Oh. No, they're not. No, they're not. Okay. All right. Well, in 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 kind of the theme of what's going on right now, students are getting ready to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about college. They've put in these college applications, and there's been many of of kids that have put in applications and then to check the email, and then they've been turned down to their favorite college. Yep. Mm-hmm going on and some people are opening up these emails and they're so excited that they get all their hard work paid back and they get that college acceptance and they're going to the place that they've always wanted to go to it's magical it's magical i did not relate to either one of those kids yeah um so we were talking about that and there's a document documentary that's out right now it's called varsity blues the scandal College admission scandal. College admission scandal. Uh, So if you like Netflix and you ain't canceled your uh, Netflix. With uh, the cuties uh, thing that came out long ago. Yes. Uh, Very interesting document. Document? 
documentary. There documentary, you go. yes. <laughs> documentary. It was a document too, if you put it on paper. Um, you, you read the document first. So basically, this this um, heard it on vinyl. Documentary uh, was uh, documentary. Uh, was talking about these rich people buying their way, right. their kids' way into college. Yes. Yeah. So if you haven't heard it on the news, you have actors and actresses and all uh, I got to say on that, Aunt Becky, Aunt that's Becky, right. yeah, Aunt that's Becky. right. Come on, yeah, that's so, right, Aunt Becky. She got kicked off a of Hallmark for this. <laughs> To be so, kicked out of Hallmark? Yeah. I mean, those people release trash. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> there we go. You get classed. Oh. I think my mom and like 10 other ladies are the sole viewership for Hallmark. Absolutely. Movies. No, my, my wife too, man. You know how many Hallmark movies that I've watched? Just, it's all just so my the same story. It is all the same story. They just oh. changed the town. They change the, uh-huh. the they change the guy because yeah. the, the 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 girl's always the same. <laughs> she has like a twenty movie deal, you know. Oh, so yeah. they just put her in a different town, mm-hmm. and then they change the season. Yeah. Like one time, I'll be in the, in, in, in the, the winter, fall. It's a Christmas the, one. Yes, yes, and then yes. They put the same story in the summer. Yeah, it's, a summer it's the it's the the guy or the girl coming back from the big city oh. into the small and they're very town. successful business people yeah. that apparently have all the time in the oh, world. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they spend three months in the town, and the, and then the time comes where they have to they have to make the decision: do they Got stay you. or do they go? Do they and, stay and fulfill love? And, and they, then they go, but then they change their they mind come and back. come back because of the pool. Love was too strong. Yes, it was too strong. Oh, love is strong. Hallmark help there. You pull on our heartstrings. Oh, God Almighty. Oh, God Almighty. Aunt Becky, come on, man. Not anymore, though. No, no, not anymore. So there was this guy, Rick Stringler, right? Singler? Singer. 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 La. William Rick Singler. He was this uh, this coach to help people get into college, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess that's a thing uh, among rich people. You know, apparently, uh, my coach was. Uh, come on, just make it through high school. <laughs> can, can we just get through twelfth mm-hmm. grade? Just, you know, just do me a favor. Maybe you just you pass had one. one glass. That's, my re- that's my response. You had one. Uh, we are my kids' coach. You mm-hmm. know, and Sandra's real good at it, and she helps them. You know, find scholarships and different things because she went through the whole thing. But anyways, there, for rich people, there's this thing uh, that that helps them get through and make sure that they can apply for the right scholarships and apply for the right colleges. And as this guy was getting paid for this, he was kind of like, you know, over like just cheating here and there a little bit, you know, change their ethnicity to from white to Hispanic to get them into mm-hmm. that, that just, just to get them over the edge to get them into Stanford or, mm-hmm. or Harvard or whatever. But as time goes on, the, the lies started getting a little bit more and more. And then he crafted this back door, Side door, he called side, side, side door. door, side door, because mm-hmm. the back door is not. It's never back door good. is more expensive. More expensive and not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Not guaranteed. Yeah, but the side door mm-hmm. less expensive. We should explain. Guaranteed. That. We talk about. Yes. Right. So, if you want to go to Harvard or Yale or one of these places, the front door. Through the, the, front, yeah, so through the front door, the way he explained it was, you got to have the best grades, the best everything. You know, that's yeah. the traditional it, way. It's all on your door. own merit, and the odds of you getting in. Uh, did they say the odds? They're it's like single digits. Yeah, You're not yeah. getting yeah. in, probably. impossible. Like six percent, I think they said something six like percent that. or something. Um, the back door is if you got lots of money, you can just donate 
10 million, 12 million more yep. to the school and say, hey, I really think you should consider my kid. With, and yeah, well, they said on that, and they did say on that, that amount, but it is not with a promise. But it's not right. with a promise. It's a donation. And uh, they'll so basically you get your name on the list to look at. Mm-hmm. For, for 10 million or yeah. whatever. But it's totally legal, which is also one of my issues with this whole scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so that's the back door. And then what he called the side door was uh, basically he would go into these small um, departments of the college. They're usually a small sports team, uh, like the sailing team, was water one polo, of them, water, things that they, he's not getting, not through the basketball department, not through the football department. Which have huge ones. budgets. Huge budgets is a big deal. These other ones that have virtually no budgets, uh, he would go in there and then they would Tell the coaches, you know, hey, I got a got this great uh, athlete. You should consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they bribe them with like a hundred thousand. They would donate. It's not a bribe. They would donate hundreds of thousands, hundred thousand or so, fifty thousand, something like that. And then it was pretty much a guarantee set yeah. that you would get accepted through that program. But the thing was, the kids didn't actually play any of these sports, so they would just take like phony pictures of like the water polo kid. They took like a picture of him in the swimming pool holding the yeah the at ball the YMCA or, or something. Yeah, and then they send it and be like, "Hey, he's a this great water polo player. Here's fifty grand if you want to let him into your program." Mm-hmm. And so then they would accept him, and then they'd get in. Yeah, so I, what it was a thing- very big discount. Compared to the tens of millions. I think one of the things that I had a problem with on that, uh, that they they targeted these programs that there was a lot of pressure on the, the head guy of that program to fundraise, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you almost, the schools almost facilitate this environment to cheat, yep. to do wrong things because there was so much pressure because their program is normally in the red. You know, they're losing money every year. They're having to pull money from the basketball program or the, yep. or the football program mm-hmm. to fund these other. So it kind of sets these guys up to, to, if not cheat, to really find the gray areas. Yeah, 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 cut corners wherever possible. Right. Yeah, and one of the things that they said right up front at the start of that, uh, the start of that, it was a student, and they said that money equals access. And yeah. I, I, I found that little phrase to be, Probably the most profound thing in the in the documentary. You got me thinking of the whole that other name, the other pronunciation of it. I mean, the documentary where money equals access. But that's the way the world works, whether you're in a developed place or not, right? Um, money does equal access. The more of it that you have, the 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 more opportunities that you have. And uh, you know, is that right? Is that wrong? Well, that's not really what we're talking about right now. But um, but they have money. And if you have the money, why not buy the access? I mean, right. the world, that's the way that the world works. So the thought process is my money should be able to be spent anywhere, however I want to spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand kind of where they're coming from. Like you work hard for this. You should be able to buy whatever you want to buy. But at the same time, if you do that, you you create this elitist status sure. in, in America where if you if you don't make more than hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you're never going to be anything more than $30,000 a year guy. Right. And that's why there's programs that allow a lot of these, um, inner city programs to get these kids into college. Affirmative action, affirmative action programs that save spots in some of these larger 
larger colleges. And I've heard arguments like, okay, if you want to, if you want to buy your kid a spot into one of these big colleges, then you would have to buy spots for, you know, some of the less privileged type kids also. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those shaky, shaky things, man. That Well, you know, let, let me preface what I just said earlier as well from, uh, of course, from a biblical perspective, it's wrong. It's, it's absolutely wrong. And from a, uh, from the world's perspective, well, then, you know, then you're dealing with uh, issues of morals and ethics and that we can argue forever because if you're, if you're operating in a secular system, then morals and ethics are just, uh, they're, they're, they're just, uh, it's, opinion right it's an opinion because there's no moral fabric there's no moral groundwork to operate from so the world operates like that but not for a moment am i saying that that's right right you know and even even in the documentary the 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 lawyer was just like look this is not a moral thing i just don't want to get caught mm-hmm. you know that's what he said he's just like i could I, you know morally whatever but am I going to get caught? What happens if somebody says something and all these things? And, it, and when he said that, I was just like, oh, we are on a whole new level right now. Like, <laughs> we don't even care about anything. Let's just not get caught. Yeah, because you would see um, they in the documentary, they had a bunch of parts where they would pull up some of the uh, like emails and stuff that some of the parents had sent to the Rick guy. And a lot of them were like, you know, is, are you sure this is okay? This isn't like a... This is, we're not going to be in trouble for this isn't a bad thing and all. And he right. was just, oh yeah, no, it's a, it's not a problem. And he was always like so nonchalant, yeah, yeah. like, look, your kid doesn't even have to know. Uh-huh. Just just tell him, you know. Oh, we didn't mention that uh, this wasn't for all of them, but for some of them, they would hire somebody to take those uh, the SATs the and the ACTs and all that. Yeah, the standardized yeah. testing. Yeah, so that was a lot more. That was really interesting how that whole process worked, which is really funny to me because. Like they're when they're reacting the the stuff with like the one of the moms that's uh, hiring, she's talking to Rick about hiring the guy to take the SAT for her daughter, and she keeps like telling him like, "Look, she's not like my other daughter. Yeah, she's not like she's not like my <laughs> stupid <laughs> daughter. Yeah, yeah, she said that. She said, so, yeah, that was that was the uh, that was the lady that, that that was responsible. Her family was responsible for making hot pockets. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was yes. her. That was, that was yeah. her. That yes. was the hot pocket yeah. lady. Yeah. The, yeah. the one with the stupid daughter. Yeah, and imagine like just when all this came out, it's like, yeah, you know, my like the vote of confidence at the parent uh-huh. that it gives your kids. It's like, well, mom and dad think I'm I'm stupid, yeah. you know. Or and I she got, kept like saying that when she's talking to you. She's like, she can't. She's not gonna find out, right? Because if she finds out that I think her, she's dumb. Right, like, it's gonna and be I, bad. Thing. And that's the 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 biggest overall thing that I really had a problem with was the, these these kids. Like, even if some of them knew, some of them didn't, uh-huh. right? But even if they all knew and they went along with it, it's it's still not their fault because they have the, the most influential people in their life saying, this is what we're going to do. This is, you know, how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and their kids are having to go along. Even the, um, what's her name? Uh, Lori. Lachlan's daughter, yeah. Yeah, Lori. She's like, I don't want to go to college. I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. she's, you know, an influencer on social YouTube, media. Yeah. Very she, successful already. Yeah, she she had, like, makeup lines with Sephora and all these different things, really doing what she wanted to do. Her parents didn't go to college, and they made it to be these successful actresses and actors, or her dad also. And she was just like, I don't want to do this. But it, they just get so caught up in, in that lifestyle, mm-hmm. and, and they want to say that their daughters went to Stanford and all these things mm-hmm. that 
They couldn't even see, you know, the trees from the forest. Yeah, and one of the things that she did say was how both her mom and dad didn't go to college. And uh, she did that in in an interview or something like that. But how they both didn't go to college, yet they were still very successful. Yeah. You know, but how that that pressure, even even at the higher higher, like nobody can escape it. Right. And and you got these these affluent people. They're not just rich. They're affluent. You know, those two, they're different, you know, Uh, and and, and even rich. I don't even think describes them. These people are wealthy. You know, because rich people, we know rich people, but I don't I don't think I know any wealthy people, you know, where money's that's generational stuff, you know, but these people got money and, you know, they put this expectation on their kids and their kids want to do this. And one of the things that they did say was how much social media influences this because you got these people that come from these wealthy families you know tens hundreds of millions of dollars and these kids are going to these schools and then everybody else that like you said isn't making these hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year then they're watching that they're viewers and you got these high school kids no wonder uh they're so depressed no wonder there's so much anxiety no you know i've got family right now they're on the verge of graduating class of 2021 and they want to go to their dream school thankfully they got you know they did get accepted to their different things but just the pressure of going to these places i'm like james i I never had that want to i went i got my four-year degree i did one i got my four-year degree in six but there's a long story behind that but we won't talk about that right now (laughs) but i went and i did that i was i I was so ready to get out and went one thing that is one of my biggest takeaways and me being a youth pastor i talked to a lot of students and from a lot of grade levels a lot of them put a lot of emphasis on this and i and i it's a good thing okay It, it it it's it's noble for you to want to better yourself with education. Now, is the educational system the the means? Is it the mode to get there? Right? I, I, I don't think it is. I think you can be a student of life and you can learn more if you have the drive to do it. Um, these places, these institutions are businesses first and foremost. Most places and most professors, all they do is give you the information that you need to have to regurgitate it back on a scantron. And then now you are, uh, you know, now you are qualified in that subject. That is hogwash, you know, because college, whenever it was supposed to be made or, or, or it was supposed to be made, that didn't make sense. College, whenever it was made, it was made for the purposes of teaching its students on how to ask the right questions, not necessarily give them the right answers, mm-hmm. because they knew that they were releasing these students into a world where they needed to learn how to ask the right questions. We're always seeking for answers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the one thing that I, I wish everybody would do was learn how to ask the right question rather than trying to find the right answer. Yeah. You know. And this is when we talk about the college and should you go to college or shouldn't you go to college? I think that there's there's definitely lessons to be learned in college, right? I mean, there's something sure. that, something about sticking to something, finishing it, um, having the will to even when things get hard to push through. Um, all of those things are especially for a young person to really learn, you know. Um, but. Back in my day, <laughs> you could, you really could. I mean, we did. I mean, Sandra 
went through, I mean, two master's degree type stuff, and we didn't borrow a bunch of money. It, mm-hmm. it was affordable. You could you could work a summer job and pay to go to college. Yeah. Now these kids are getting going to a, to a community college or, or or a city college, and they're coming out forty fifty thousand dollars in debt, and it's taking them twenty years to pay off that debt. Yeah, um, and so, a semester. Yeah. You know, some places are 25, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars a semester. So it, it, it all started when the colleges really became a business and not an institution, right? Um, and then when they become this institution, then you have um, you have these people that are working at these colleges and the, and, the, and this is my major issue why I would be scared to send my kid to a college right now. You have professors that are in there that are teaching our kids how they should think about the world. You know, all these different, when we, we was joking about pronouns and these different things, and they're not even living in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, they're living in this college forum and, and and they're like so into their you know their studies and and, and what's next and, and research and all those things that they're in um, this place where they're telling all of these people how they should think and live and all these things and they're not even in the world that they're talking and sending these kids off to yeah and that's kind of one of one of my biggest things just talking about Baylor supposed to be a Baptist a Baptist uh, college right. But when you go to Baylor, you have to take these courses that explores all religions, yep. right? So they have these, you know, Muslims coming in and teaching your kids about the Muslim faith. They have Jewish people. I mean, just all these different religions that it's a must take course that you have to take to graduate. And then so many people are living, leaving Baylor and denouncing Christ, and then that just goes on. I mean, if that's happening at a Christian college, that's happening everywhere, uh, everywhere, everywhere. And the, just like you said, these professors are, you know, I don't even like calling them liberals anymore because that's not true to the name because a real liberal would is open to all. It's open to all opinions and perspectives with respect and all that. But yeah. now they're not liberals. They have an agenda. You yeah. know, they're very progressive and they are progressively left. Now, if you're left, that's, you know, that's I'm not here bashing you and everything. But if, you know, you, you get this whole talk of being progressive. Well, but progressive is and they're open. Right. They're 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 uh, ex- they're inclusive of everything except for a conservative mindset mm-hmm. and they say everybody else has a voice at this table except for you yeah and that's not that's not real liberalism that's yeah. not and you know you got these professors that are that are out there to young impressionable 20 somethings right telling them like you said the way that the world works and then they get out of here with these crazy ideas and they don't even get a chance to experience the world themselves and figure out whether or not uh it's true or not they're already going there with a skewed perspective and you it's just ignorant yeah and it's just this bubble really it's just this bubble around this this uh this community that that is at this university um but then when you sprinkle it out through the United States and you go into the world, that's not real life. No. You know, we're not we're not sitting standing on every single corner protesting every single little issue like is going on in the, in the universities right now. Yeah. But you have those bubbles with like everything. So you have there's like the whole 
academic world and like that culture? Academia, I don't even want to talk about that because then I'll blow my head off because <laughs> But man, so there's that. We'll cross three thousand if you do. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean you also have like the uh, like the small town world. The, I came from a small town and we go work at the plants or whatever like you have that mindset, which is a different world from I grew up in the middle of a busy city. I grew up in New York or or Chicago or whatever. Like these are all just like different worlds that exist. And uh, I think it's good to be exposed to all of them. I did learn, so I have hated school ever since I went to my first day of kindergarten. And I cried the first day of school for years <laughs> until like, I think second. He's like ninth grade. I'm, I, think, I think I stopped after second grade, but every day, for every year, first day of school, I'd cry and I would beg my parents, please don't make me go to this horrible place. Please, it's the worst. And I hated school up at, all the way up till graduating. Um, and then I started going to college at San Jack just because I didn't know what I was doing yet. So I was like, I guess I'll take some basic English and math while I and buy me some time. And I did that for a couple of semesters, and I finally decided I was going to do uh, the audio stuff because I was actually interested in it. And that was the first time in my life I enjoyed school ever when I finally started taking uh, audio and music classes and stuff. And I met a lot of great people, learned a bunch of great stuff, and I really had a good college experience from that once I started taking those classes and actually had like a path. So there's definitely, and I got a ton of great opportunities through that, met a whole bunch of different people. And it, there's definitely benefits to doing that stuff uh, and being in that world. But yeah. uh, would it have been worth $300,000 to do it? Not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think once, cause I just went to small junior college and I got a solid education, um, a lot of good experience. I got to work with a lot of people that worked in the business I was trying to, you know, learn more about. And they taught me a lot of great stuff. So, and I, I mean, I paid for it all myself working at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm all for the junior I'm, colleges. I'm yeah. all for the junior colleges. problem is there's a lot of bad ones out there. But, I mean, there's but good ones, But we got great too. ones here in Houston. Yeah, we do have a lot of good ones. And then trade schools, you know. That's, some, schools, that's yeah. something that, that yeah. educators. Let's get right to it. Trade schools, you get right to it. Yeah. Right? Let's, it, let's yeah. teach these kids trades. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm even to the thought that maybe all males should go through boot camp. You know, mm. Mexico I mean, does that. I mean, I, the, we're, we're we're reaching right like, now. What is but that, uh, Israel, where they make you? Yeah, do the yeah I mean, I think it was like two years. Like yeah, I'm, and I don't necessarily think that you should make these kids. If if, if we're going to do that, I don't think you should necessarily make these kids go to war. But they should be trained, go through boot camp, be trained just in case we need them. It, it'll give them a solid foundation. Yeah, uh, some structure, some structure. Yeah, uh, learn how to s- submit. You know, follow instruction. Yeah, so. what a, a big a, a big thing I learned from watching the documentary is uh, the lesson of uh, you get what you pay for. You know, mm-hmm. these people they wanted to be able to buy their way into college, which is technically legal. They don't, you know, they don't word it that way. It's donations and this and that, but you can totally do it. Yeah, and uh, but these people wanted the discount. They were like, I don't know, Tim is a little steep, and this guy was like, Hey, man. Yeah. I can get you the same thing for a hundred grand, yeah, and they're like, leg. "Are you sure you could do it?" And it, it and they're like, "Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> it's totally good. It's legit." You know, and, of, uh, you know one <laughs> of the wor- one of the words they brought up was, you know, what this. Why do people want it? And the word that they brought up was prestige, yeah. right? And they said it's a French word, and it's a French French word that actually means uh, imaginary, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and wow. and wow. It, yeah and it's it's it you know I, I couldn't help but think about it and even thinking about it right now i mean it, that's that, you not to get all churchy on you but you know i am a minister so deal with it but <laughs> but i mean that's that's how the devil works he sells he sells you a you know a fake bill of goods mm-hmm. you know he it, it's uh, he sells you a dream that doesn't come to pass or if it does come to pass it's only temporary the effects of it you know but you know and, and of course i know we're speaking about this from a very limited perspective because none of us come from money and none like of us went to harvard millionaires and yeah that's not a thing but you know imagine growing up in a family where everybody went to harvard everybody yeah. went to princeton and you're the idiot daughter that can't go you know you know what i mean because it so i could imagine it's hard for them too but at, at, in the back of my mind was i was watching this was just first world problems man yeah. Like, you know, we got people on the other side of the world dying of starvation. You know, this is 2021. Nobody should be dying of starvation in this entire planet. Yeah. You know, and, and you got people paying 20, 30 million dollars to get their get their stupid daughter. You know, not the stupid one. Not the stupid one. You know, to get to they get them, the discount price <laughs> for this. <laughs> said, look, she's real dumb. She probably won't make it. Can we, can we get do this one for 50? <laughs> you got you get what you, you pay got a, for, man. You got a group deal, and, uh, and, and you know I Bogo. See, we we see that. You know, I was just talking to one of my customers the other day, and uh, she said she's kind of moving out of this area because she's tired of you know everybody trying to keep up with everybody. Mm. You know, I mean, if, you, if if you look across the street, there's a kid over there, is 16, 17 years old, driving a brand new forty thousand dollar truck. $50,000 truck. Well, you live in a nice neighborhood. I mean, know? yeah, but like now, okay, now Luke's about to start driving, right? Yeah. So now he feels like, yeah. how, how am I supposed to be with that certain crowd if I don't have that brand new, yeah, brand new car, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there was a little pressure out there. So you know what I did, you know, I'd be getting down certain areas. So I just went and found I went and found a nice little Mercedes for him. You know, we were gonna spend less than ten grand and then he's gonna have the little car that he has and Mm -hmm. he's paying for half of it, you know. I'm not I told him I would match whatever that he raised and um he he raised five grand. I so I put five grand on it and then we bought him a nice little Mercedes. But like it's real. It's like that is real. When you go to his school, there's like the kid section looks like the the adults because yeah. it's it's so nice, and then you go over to the the teacher section. There's a bunch of hoodoos yeah. and beat up cars, <laughs> and then the, the schools the, the kids section is like all brand new cars. Yeah. And I don't find fault with that. You know, you I and mean, we talked about this last week about you know success and what what success brings you is learning how to manage your success. If you are successful, you work hard, you and your wife, you work very hard, and that brings certain benefits to your family. Um, where it would be negligent is that whenever, like, if you don't teach them the value of a dollar, if, right. you, don't never, if you never instruct them what it is, what hard work looks like, then, yeah, you'd be, you know, signing the check or signing his uh, his destruction away, you know, but... But there's ways to do it, you know, and and there's this kind of thing uh, in 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 churchianity, right? Where you got prosperity preachers, and they all they preach is money and wealth and health and all that stuff. And then the other side that says, no, you have to li- live a a life very abased and you, you know, or, or uh, uh, just just very meek, right? Live, yeah, live in humility and live in this, and and you get both of those extremes, especially whenever you're talking about Christianity. But you know, God. 
God provides for our needs and then then some too. You know, it's uh, one of the things that is uh, is kind of a fly in the face to all the pros- uh, uh, prosperity preaching is that God never promised prosperity, but he did promise provision. He said, you'll never go without. You just have to trust him. But a lot of people are chasing prosperity, you know, but but if if God's if God's provision, right, is enough for you to buy those nice things and to do those things and not you know, not be a jerk about it. Well, then why not? It's a blessing from God. Enjoy your life. Eat, drink, be merry. Enjoy what God has given, given to you. And then you die. And then you go into the eternal perfect future, right? If you're a Christian and you're not going to take any of this stuff with you, you know, well, we, we were having a, well, on that conversation that we didn't even get into last week was, you know, how much do you put in savings? How much do you do you reward yourself? How much do you give away? How much do you do that? All, all of this. Yes, you need to save, but then you also need to live. Get that yeah. Roth IRA, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Get some of that yeah, Dogecoin. Man, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, I just thought that that was really interesting on, on how this whole prestige. And these kids want to say, I have this. Yeah. You know? I, I, one of the quotes was, in America, we, we love the riches, but we hate the rich. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we want all that good stuff, but when people start making money, we're like, oh, look at them, you know. Mm-hmm. I bet you they did this and this, and they started just, you know, giving people the, the sideways eye because they're rich. Because mm-hmm. they worked hard, and, and some of it's, you know, generational wealth, yeah. you know. But there's a lot of people, I mean, there's more... There's more millionaires in the last five years than there's ever been. Yeah. That's new money. You know, that's the people out there working hard, taking advantage of explosion of technologies and different things like that that is coming out and uh, the Internet and all that and coming out with some cool stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the things that I that this is I actually learned it in college. This was in a uh, I think it was like a Texas history, U.S. history, something like that. One of these history classes that I was taking. But they were talking about the 1950s and whenever the credit cards came about to be. You, you remember that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had to throw that in there. I'm sorry, but but the I didn't think my parents know they were alive. <laughs> but in the 1950s, whenever credit started becoming a thing, um, it was it, it was a bad thing for you to have a credit card in those days. Yeah. Like if you would get a credit card, you were you were looked down at mm-hmm. from the society because everybody paid cash on the barrel. Mm-hmm. You well, know? it's because of what the Bible says about it. Like so, all that stuff was. I mean, we're in a different age. Like people still turn to the Bible to to see what that was. You know, we're mm-hmm. supposed to be. You know, we're not supposed to be borrowers. We're supposed to be lenders. You mm-hmm. know, so I mean, it pointed back to the, yeah, the cross. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, you you become a slave now to to these uh to, to these credit holders and stuff like that. But one thing with that was that that's where that that's where that whole frame. Uh, excuse me. That's where that whole quote. Uh, keeping up with the Joneses came from mm-hmm. because now people were taking out credit cards, mm-hmm. trying to be what their neighbors are and get what their neighbors are. And when they just didn't have the cash in their bank account, put it on credit, put it on credit. And then you accumulate this debt that is, you know, it'll take you, it'll take you 20 years to pay off $15,000. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then think about your college debt. Oh. What's funny is uh, you were talking about, you know, Luke trying to keep up, these kids with their fancy cars and stuff. But then he also said something about, I forgot the context, but you're talking about like people looking down on rich people and like, 
we love the riches, but we hate the rich. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that that's just more different little worlds. Like I was talking about, like if you grew up in a, in like a poor neighborhood, you know, you look, some people will do that and they'll look at rich people and be like, man, that's what I want. I want this and that. But then others will be like, I can't look at this guy driving around that car. That's so stupid that he's driving in this $50,000 car. Like that's so wasteful and this and that. And it's like, I think it's good to be exposed to all those different, it's crazy, man. I, I, where I work, right? I work right across the street from a Ferrari dealership, and this is like the dealership that has the race team, uh-huh. right? The Ferrari race team. So they're always working on incredible, you know, machinery over there. Mm-hmm. It's it's it. Whenever you hear that those engines turn on, it rattles the building. I mean, it's it's it sounds amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But it like you were talking about all the workers. You know, you got one showing up in a 1992 Honda Accord. Yep. You know, nobody's driving what they work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's working on a million dollar car, but driving home in the hoodoo. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's and, and you just see these people going to this dealership and just buying their cars are always loading up cars to go to the, these buyers in all parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and they have like the nicest transportation trailers that, you know, that yeah. you're, you're putting a, a 200, $300,000 car in there. Yeah. Uh, it's going to get there in a, in style. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? And I'm cool with that, man. I'm cool with you earning your dollar and going out there and, and working hard and buying what you want to buy as long as you're saving your money and, and, and all that stuff, because it's doable. This day and age, it is doable. But we we still have, we still have uh, the responsibility to look out for the less fortunate. You know, uh, we should not continue to make the top half of the country super heavy, and then us just you know sit in these glass houses and look down at the poverty in, in, in our country. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I think I probably said this in other podcasts, and I know that we have to pay our way into certain countries to set up bases and, and different things like that. But for for there even to be a discussion of when we're trying to do some of these programs to help the people that were in need during this pandemic, but the discussion is, well, if we give the Americans a trillion dollars, then we have to give hundreds of millions of dollars to foreign countries. This is the problem that I have. Like, why are we, why are we feeding other countries when we still have these issues? When you go down to downtown LA and there's multi-million dollar buildings that are covered with feces and tents and all of these things where these, these, these people are down there with drug problems and mental health problems and all these things and we're just throwing programs at them of, oh, here's a tent or here's this. And we're not figuring out what the root cause is because we're spending excessive amounts of money in, you know, other countries. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, because you know, the problem is not a natural one. I, I believe it's a supernatural problem. It's a, it's, it's a supernatural problem. So. Where the you want to do good, you have a heart for people, but the heart for people is, it, especially if they're not followers of Christ, it, it's selfish. It's it, it only seeks after itself because that's what humanity is. It's we we are selfish by fallen nature. You know, we that's we only look out for ourselves and people that are in those uh, situations that need the help. You know, some of them don't even want to be better. 
They don't want they don't want your help. They just want money. Yeah. That's all that that's all that they want. They'll tell you, I'm not looking to get better. I'm not looking to to, to go forward. Well, I'm just want to stay here. But I think a lot of those people are talking talking from a place that they don't find in their head, they don't find a way out. Yeah, they hope. don't see a way out. Hopeless. They're hopeless. Yeah. They're they're addicted to drugs and alcohol. They they've been this way for twenty years. They don't know any different of a life, right? They know that there's going to be some church group that's going to show up on Tuesday. There's going to be a church group that shows up on Thursday. And the really good ones are going to show up on Saturday and Sunday. And that's when you're going to get the good food. You know, that's their hope. Their hope is day to day while these nonprofit groups come out to feed them and give them blankets and fresh socks and those type of deal. Um, and that was one of the greatest things that I've ever got to experience was I actually moved out of my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I actually moved out and experienced something besides my own environment. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times that if we if we have programs where we we have life experiences for people, same same way police officers that we we find ourselves with these police officers having these anger issues and because they're dealing with the worst of the worst every single day. At some point we have to get them out of that environment to show them the good to reprogram their mind. Hey, this is not us against you. You know, you are one of us. Get them, rotate them out of the, those environments and put them in environments and dare programs where they get to go in and they get to, you know, be with kindergartners that they have, they still have the gleam in their eye that they can do anything in the world. You know, mm-hmm. they have the dreams of doing those certain things and just really put humanity back into this world. Yeah. And I think we've, we've lost humanity. Yeah. And, and, on that, but the opposite, right? The on the other side, on the top tier, is whenever we talk about you know this documentary and these people, they also are just as lost because they have lost humanity. Because that's not how humanity lives. They right. are they are on a top tier. So whether you're talking about the bottom tier or the top tier, you lose sight of what a normal everyday existence look like for them. It's normal, but that's for a very small percentage. Of, you know, their little group. Yeah. You know, because that's not the world at large. I think one of the girls that, you know, there was a this one scene where this girl was talking about how she used to follow that the the, the actress's daughter, whatever her name was, that had the Sephora line and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was the dramatic thing where she unfollowed her. I don't know yeah. if you get to that part of yeah. it or not. Yeah. She unfollowed her. She's uh-huh. like, and she's basically, she said the same thing. She goes, look, she took another, one of her friend's spot. Like yeah. somebody that she liked or she loved, she took their spot. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have made it by their own merit, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't get to because the spot was taken. Yeah. So. yeah. Yesterday I was watching them. Not because I wanted to. It was just it was on. Oh, listen. But, this is going to be some it, Lifetime yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching, I was watching a, a Hallmark. No. I was watching a, a, the Kentucky Derby. Oh, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's still a thing. And it wasn't as packed as it usually is. But, you know, it's uh, it's rooted in tradition. Late 1800s, 1890, something like that. Started by the guy. Uh, I think the guy's son, uh, Lewis and Clark. It it, it was like his grandson or something that started that. Yeah. But, but as I was looking at that, it's like, it was an, an A list, you know, and then you got all the silly hats and all that stuff that go on in there. But, um, there was, uh, not a lot of color in the crowd, Mm -hmm. you know, still to this day. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of incredibly wealthy people just 
laughing and having a good time about being wealthy and everybody else just celebrating their wealth and you know the winner made like 10 million dollars and then just from a three-year-old horse running on some dirt track on with some little guy and there are little guys on there and and i was just like looking and i'm like that's hypocrisy because if it was if it if, if the kentucky derby okay had conservative undertones it would have been canceled long ago but because you got these hollywood a-listers and all these people that you know support one side of the political fence here you know none of that stuff is going to be questioned but if you get somebody on the other side that is conservative you know in what they say and what they do man they would have canceled the kentucky derby called it racist called it this called it that and call it every name under the sun and i was just looking at this and i'm like look i, I don't care i don't care enough about politics to get in an argument with people yeah. on it you know i just don't care but it's it's like how can you not see the hypocrisy mm-hmm. in this on both sides you know it's like it, it was incredible, but yeah, you just get these wealthy people just patting themselves on the back for being wealthy. It's like the Academy Awards or the Grammys, and oh, that was uh, terrible. That, that was horrible. You know, and that's what I was talking about earlier: is, is the experiences. There ain't no horses in the hood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, who, what black guy wants to go to the Kentucky Derby? Well, like, it's, the thing about it is, the only horses that most, you know. I don't even want to go. <laughs> the, the only horses that a lot of these these people see is like tr- tr- uh, crowd control. You know, uh, they bring the horses in, they push you back with them, and so it's a negative thing. That so there's got to be programs that we let these non uh, underprivileged people experience. We got to take them out of the hood. We got to take them and let them experience what a Kentucky Kentucky Derby looks like. You know what what the um, what it what it is to go work at NASA, what it is to to go to the Ferrari dealership and be trained to be, you know, the top mechanic of And the uh, conversation on that, you know, with affirmative action, that it's some people have even claimed it to be reverse racism. Now, I, I don't know if I lean that much into that, but I don't. It's you need to have I come from the hood. We need a chance every <laughs> once in a while, man. You need to opportunity needs to be available now how opportunity gets made available that's another conversation right but but also whenever 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 somebody that does deserve to be there because they've worked hard for it gets kicked out just because they're not the right color there's an issue yeah listen the first black man went to college a white college in the 60s i've talked to preachers recently in the last couple years white preachers that said that I really just had a, to learn how not to use the N-word, okay? We, this is where we are in, in 2021. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that there's not systemic racism. Now, I don't believe that the systemic racism is what we see on TV, you know, what they're saying systemic racism is in police departments and stuff like that. I think we have... Especially in the police department, we have some bad apples. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're still dealing with that, and th- these are people I respect. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, you respect somebody using the N-word. Listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm defending some people here. Um, so we're still in this place. We're only, what, 50 years out of the first black guy going to a white college? I mean, mm-hmm. we're not that far. We're not that many generations away from slavery, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so... We have to keep that in mind when we when we use our privilege, you know, um, when people say white privilege, 
there is there is a certain amount of privilege, um, but it's not enough privilege to to call you know white men the devil mm-hmm. either. You know, so it's, it's it's on both sides. Both sides are right now are taking these extremes, and we got we got to stop, reset, and really. Really got to point it back to the Bible. Well, and here and here's one thing that I want to add on that too: racism, just like college, is an institution. Yep, I agree. And people, white, black, and every other color that exists under this sun, are making money off of racism. Well, did you see that the Black Lives Matter lady? You know, her whole thing was to you know, uh, she's not even black, right? No, the, one of the one of the founders. Well, it depends on which Black Lives Matter movement it is. There's two or three of them, but this one she's supposed to be raising money and she's taking all these corporate dollars to like put back into the black communities and stuff. And she's taking the money and she has like she's bought like three or four million dollar homes. Like, come <laughs> on! <laughs> if a, I mean, yeah, it's just you gonna get trouble. Yeah, I'm gonna get trouble. I'm gonna stay out of it. But I have an issue with that, um, like, yeah. and, and nobody's saying anything, you yeah. know, because yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah, the um, only color that matters to this fallen, broken world is green, and that's the color of money. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. To to wrap up the uh, the uh, the college thing, one of the things that I felt that was pretty uh, pretty interesting that Stanford was a big part of that that documentary, and they got given just in these lawsuits. Um, almost a million dollars and they weren't asked to give any of it back. Mm-mm. You know, they kept it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, well, man, that's so dirty, mm-hmm. you know, because it's an institution, mm-hmm. you know, it's the institution. And um, so I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I didn't think that was pretty cool at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the other thing is the singular singer guy or whatever. Singer. Uh-huh. Uh, that happened in what? 90. I mean, uh, it was 19. It was like two years ago. Uh, 2019. Uh, still. Still out. He out. will be out. The they like said 60. he probably will never even do any uh, any prison time. Yeah. He's out, you know, in his Porsches running around town doing his thing. I don't think thing. we said what ended up happening. He got found out and um, he uh, admitted to it like immediately and decided to work with uh, was it, it, was the, it FBI. the FBI that was yeah, doing the FBI. Yeah. So he decided he'd work with them as like a you call it an informant informant yeah they, look mate if you're gonna do dirt go down dirty Dude, you know did, don't so. be dragging everybody into your dirt no but he did he's like he i did. don't care but i mean he didn't really care in the front i mean he was scamming all these people anyway which is also hilarious he scammed them and then, and then just he immediately down. turned him over I, and there, hey there was that one gangster white dude that's from like the mafia or whatever the the, the italian dude he was just like look bro i don't know what you're talking about yeah he yeah. said <laughs> I hired I hired you and with your services. Whatever you did after that, that's on you, bro. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I thought he was that like, I know how this works. Yeah, I know how this works. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, but since he was a cooperative informant, crucial to their investigation or a whatever, snitch. Yeah. Yeah, because of that, he gets lesser sentencing, and his work with them is not done until all the other people that were convicted uh, have their sentencing and all that stuff happen first, which take years. Uh, especially since there there was like fifty people yeah. that got convicted, 
And most or maybe them, not convicted, but accused. No, that's but, right but like, I think convicted, like, well, not, yeah. They still got to go yeah, to trials. But that's going to take years, is yeah. what we're saying. And and so Lori Lachlan, she got time. She got but, six months. A lot of them got, like, a few months and a little fine. Yeah, like $150,000 fine, which my thing is, look, these people shouldn't, if, if they went to prison, yeah, whatever. But they should have hurt them in the pocketbook. Yeah, no, they did. Yeah. They should have just went, 150000 Mm-hmm. That you know, that's like me and you go and have dinner after church. Oh yeah, big time. You know what I'm saying? 150 thousand for them is nothing. They should have hit them big, like millions. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, whatever it cost, you know, do some type of formula, whatever it cost to the schools and kids not being able to get in and all this different things. Calculate like out. This mm-hmm. kid would have been a doctor, but he didn't make it, and all yeah, that. You know, go. something crazy like that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I mean, I th- that was some pretty crazy stuff that they just, I mean, six months, they did six weeks in prison, you know, they, mm-hmm. they didn't even make it out of county. Yeah. Like so anybody bad. can do six weeks in county, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not that like I hard. I do six weeks in my And you sleep. know, and listen, <laughs> and this was a federal case, they set them up in some federal prison somewhere where there was a bunch of other people just like them, doctors and lawyers that had this... Money, eating caviar, eating caviar, watching you know Maury or whatever. For it most is. of them, it was their uh, their reputation that I think yeah. hurt them the most. Like the lawyer, I mean, we we're just but making it, jokes about it. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't even really if matter. they don't ever work again, they're fine. Yeah, but they're not mentally fine. I'm not saying this is a good punishment for them. I'm saying that uh, they're still gonna like they're crazy enough to be like I've got to get my kid in this school and I'm gonna do this scammy thing and spend all these thousands of dollars to do it and now we're we're just laughing about them and they're like like the Lori lady's the face of this scandal right yeah. like nobody takes she got fired from her job nobody takes her seriously she's like all embarrassed like she's gonna be mentally she was already mentally messed up yeah, you know what man, I mean? one day at the spa she'll be fine <laughs> I don't think so I think she's, she's got a mental health coach she'll have a friend. mental health coach that'll pick her up in the limousine when she comes out of prison she'll be fine yeah. the, the person I felt sorry for was the the selling coach Oh yeah, because yeah, he really didn't do any. I mean, he didn't. Know, well, supposedly, he supposedly didn't really he didn't know. know he never profited for it. He always put it back. A lot of uh-huh. these other people were profiting for him. You yeah. know, they were taking money home and mm-hmm. they were living the good life. And he had one phone call that you know he was in a hurry and he was just like uh huh uh huh and just basically uh huh uh-huh. conversation. And this guy was just setting him up the whole time. He yeah. was just like uh huh uh huh. And I kind of felt sorry for that dude. Um, because he was just a nobody, you know. He was mm-hmm. in some little program, but even that guy. So I talked about their reputation being hurt. His, I mean, it was hurt, and then I think he got fired, yeah, or he, he was fired. at least suspended. Yeah, he got fired from Stanford. Yeah, so he was fired. But all the people that knew him, they still think he's a great guy. They're like, no, nah, he was a good dude. He yeah. was good to my kids and all this stuff. Well, even they, the judge thought that guy. He was just like, man, this is the least of these, you yeah. know. And they kind of gave him. So a, what does it say about your reputation, people? Yeah. <laughs> And then like he's like an independent uh, independent uh, sailing coach now, and they, I, mm-hmm. I guess like his name was good enough. You know, people felt I guess sorry for him. I don't like, know what it says, but there's something to think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm telling you, reputation is hard to build. But it's it's a uh, when once it's built solid, it's, it's easy to go away in just a matter of a couple of bad choices. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, I think that if if you if you haven't seen it, it's an interesting document. A document. Here we go. Documentary. Documentary. Uh, Documentary. And it's been in the news. You know, all these things are going on. Listen, if we, 
this is the thing about these podcasts. We sit here and we we spew words out of our mouth for an hour, hour and a half, uh, and we're not that smart of people. So if if we say something that offends you, we're sorry. We probably sometimes we don't even know what we say until we hear it later, or somebody <laughs> brings it up to us. Uh, but we're just we're, we're you know we're shooting off the hip sometimes and. And uh, so forgive us if we offended anybody, but at the same time, we're just trying to make people think. At the end of the day, this podcast is, like we say, you know, it's where we can come and we can have safe conversation. It doesn't mean, necessarily mean that this is where steadfast in these opinions that we have. It might change tomorrow. Somebody I, might bring something that will change their mind tomorrow. I will not die on any one of these hills. Yeah, for sure. For no, sure. it's not worth it. And, and I just want to, if, if I can, I just want to leave you with Psalm 73. Uh, I'll try to read as much of this as I can, but uh, I think it's just good to what we were talking about here. But check it out. A Psalm of Asaph says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggle in their death. Their bodies are well fed. They are free of the burdens others carry. They are not afflicted like other men. Therefore, pride is their necklace. A garment of violence covers them. From their prosperity proceeds iniquity. The imaginations of their heart run wild. They mock and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues strut across the earth. So their people return to this place and drink up waters in abundance. The wicked say, how can God know? Does the most high have knowledge? Behold, these are the wicked. Always carefree as they increase their wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. In innocence I have washed my hands, for I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak this way, then I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it was troublesome in my sight until I entered God's sanctuary. Mm. Then I discerned their end. Surely you set them on slick ground. Slick customers right here. You cast them down into ruin. How suddenly they are laid waste, completely swept away by terrors, like one walking from a dream. So you, O Lord, awaken and despise their form. When my heart was grieved and I was pierced within, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Sounds like us. Yet I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and later receive me in glory. Whom ha- have I in heaven but you? And on earth, I desire no one beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those far from you will surely perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to draw near to God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may proclaim all your works. Wow. I think that was absolutely necessary. I know it was a little long, but that's all right, because most of y'all probably don't read your Bible anyway. So consider that your weekly, monthly, yearly Bible (laughs) devotional. But it wasn't until I entered the house of God till I understood the end of the wicked. If you are on the other side of this microphone right now and you're just trying to make ends meet, look, God's got you. Just put your faith, your trust in him. Awesome. That'll be doing for us. We love you. This is the-
the Refuge Project.